you're being summoned to a world beyond, outside your reality, into the far cosmos, to a world where good and evil are in constant battle, where heroes are born and legends are made. Welcome to Avery. We take you now to a laboratory on top of Hilarious Hill, overlooking the town of Stupendous, where Dr. Michael Laborious and his assistant Iago are once again conducting experiments to solve life's greatest unknown mysteries. doing on that ladder? Ah, Dr. Laborious. Careful, I'm on a ladder. That I can see. I was just passing by when I smelled a lemony scented aroma. I thought it was your famous lemony scented aroma chocolate crumb cake. I now see it as you cleaning the lab. I am sorry, Dr. Laborious, but no time for a lemony scented aroma chocolate crumb cake. I must finish cleaning the lab before our guest arrives. Ooh, that is right. Could it be a certain musical playwright genius getting you all lemony scented? Very funny, but yes, Larson is coming over today. And wipe that smirk off your face. Smirk wiped. But Iago, I think it is sweet that you are trying to clean the place for Larson. Have you ever told her? You know? I'm afraid I have no clue what you're talking about. Told her... That her plays are mind-bending and spell-casting magical spectaculars that sweep me from this world into the next? Because I believe I have. Well, that's good you told her that too, but no. That her musical writing genius matches my innovative creating ability in every which way? Because numerous times. That's good, but no. Have you told her that you love- What's good, Dr. Laborious' lab? Larson, hello. Well, hello, my dear friend Larson. How are you? I'm happy to be with my friends. I just got finished with rehearsal for my new musical, and I am hashtag stressed. I tell you guys, trying to bring something into the world is difficult. Trust me, we know. I mean, you spend all this time thinking of what the world needs, and hours upon hours trying to bring it to life, and people just don't get it. I have an idea. Oh yeah? What's that? You spend all this time creating for others, Larson. Now let us create for you. Well, that's a great idea, Dr. Laborious. 
Bring it down and play it cool. Right. Cool. Create for me? Correct. Think of what you believe the world desperately needs, and me and Iago will bring it to life for you. Seriously? Don't see why not. Well, rock and roll. Let me think. What does the world desperately need? Let me see. I got it. Love. Love? I couldn't have said it better myself, but I don't see how- Stupendous! What? Give us a few minutes and me and Iago will make a love for you. Well, this I gotta see. Uh, do I want to see this? Come, Iago. Tonight, we make love! Not without my consent, you don't. Love, more beautiful than a dove, soaring above the sky. I stare up, waiting for you to die. Love, a loser to the eye, more beautiful than pie. I need you in my life, but without you, I would die. All right, Larson, I think we've done it. That's great-tastic! I present to you the first ever love-making machine. Well, I wouldn't say first ever. What was that? Nothing. I call it the Dynamic Intensifying Love Drone Operator, or DIL- No, no. Find a new name. Okay. How about Dr. Laborious's Love Maker? Fine. Well, how does it work? It intensifies the endorphins in a person, creating a dynamic impulse to connect to the person they care for the most. Hence the name Dill. I said no. Fine. Anyway, let's test it, Iago. Okay. Well? Yes. How do you feel, Iago? Like... Like I can't live without you, Larson. I just want to be around you forever and ever and listen to all your stories and I promise I will never get bored with you even if you get bored with me. That's okay because anything you ask me to do, I'll do it because I can't live without you. I won't. I can't. I'm flattered by you squeezing a little tight there, bud. I will never let you go. You are hurting me. Oh no, that's the last thing I want to do. Don't worry, Larson. I will make it up to you. I'll make you my special snack. Lemony scented chocolate crumb cake. <laughs> oh, young love. Oh, laborious. That's not love. It's not? That is lust, bordering on obsession. Love is an unconditional care you have for someone. Not serving their every want, but fulfilling their every need. Oh, I never thought about it like that. Don't worry, though. You did inspire me to write a new song. Love. So many things I got to tell you. Love. You know I can't live without you. And though you seem to fall. Sometimes I wonder where you are. I never fear. For you're near when I need you. That was wonderful, Larson. Thanks, Doc. Well, we better go get Iago and zap her back to normal. Well, 
Not so fast. Wait for her to finish cooking. <laughs> we take you now to the USA, where the truth seeker has begun another broadcast to expose the corruption that has plagued their world for generations. Welcome back, Truth Seekers. Welcome back to the reckoning of this world's arm. I am here to continue the story, to continue telling you the truth. The truth they don't want you to know. I left you last talking about the commandments, the lab rats, locked away in a cage while the Alpha Squad lived in luxury. Labrats is a fitting time. For Harold's thinking was not satisfied, 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 satisfied. With just super-powered suits and weaponry. He wanted something much more. He wanted super-powered beings. He wanted to create the first superhero. And he had the perfect element at his disposal to do it. So he used it, time and time again. Most of these experiments were on criminals. People who had disappeared. No one would ever think twice about finding them. But the commandos knew. The commandos knew at some point, Harold's gaze would turn to them. Once he successfully figured out how to merge human DNA with the plasma, they knew it was only a matter of time before they were next. Time. Next. Well, they were the soldiers. But they knew if they fled, plasma defense would never let them live. There was no escape for them. They had seen too much. They knew too much. Their only option was to fight. In fight, they did. But they weren't going to hit minimal outposts. No, they were going for the head of the snake. Harold Stinson's headquarters in Union City. Plasma Defense HQ, their most fortified building. I know you heard about the attack. They said it was a explosion of a gas line. That's what they put in your history books. That's what they told you on the news. That's not what happened. The commandos attacked, but they were outmanned, outgunned, hilarious. All four of the commandos died that night. Harold Stinson used technology to turn the key rogers into the android that would later on become known as Carnage. Agent X, on the other hand, he suffered different circumstances. Leon did not have technology, nor did he have the lab at his disposal. All he had was one singular vial of black plasma that he stole from Planet Defense. They had tested on many subjects. None had ever survived the experiment. But Liam had hope. 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 Another empty apartment. 
Man, this guy's getting good. Either he's good or we're bad. Search around, see what we can find. No breakaway walls this time. Keep looking, there's gotta be something. He can't keep all this information in his head. He has to be getting it from somewhere. From something. He has to be keeping it somewhere. Hey, you think he's telling the truth? About what? All of it. Because if he is, then... Man, this government's got some explaining to do. Relax, Bobby. This was 50, 40 years ago. It has nothing to do about today. He said he knows about conduits. He knows everything. Agent X, your mother, Teddy, Harold, Jonathan, all of it. Connected. Are you turning against the company? I'm not turning against anybody. It's a lot of secrets. A lot of skeletons in the closet. Plasma defense has been around since the 50s. There's bound to be skeletons in the closet if you're around that long. You hear that? Yeah. Does that sound like... ice? Clearly alright! He went that way! I got him! Wait! <coughs> Wait! <coughs> Plasma defense! Freeze! I didn't mean literally. You alright? He froze you. Yeah, yeah, I know, Bobby. Get me out of this thing. Alright, that's enough. It's a dead end. Ain't nobody getting out of here. Hands up! Who are you? I'm the truth seeker. The man can shoot ice from his hand and fly. And the plot thickens. We take you now to the lecture hall where Avery is waiting to teach about the structure of a screenplay. Hello everybody, welcome back. This is Avery Teaches and I'm Avery Gowen and this is going to be a breakdown of Act 2. Now if you like what you're seeing on the page, follow it, subscribe, share it, comment, like, and let's get into it. <laughs> so, Act 2 is the longest act. So if you ever hear people go, oh, I started writing a screenplay. And you go, oh, did you finish it? They go, no, I haven't finished it yet. Well, it's because you're stuck on act two. Um, that's that I've been there many a time. It is, especially for a first draft, it doesn't matter how many times you write act two or write a screenplay. I've written hundreds of drafts throughout my life. I've written, I've completed 10 screenplays from draft one to draft whatever, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever. Um, so I'm not touching them 10. And it's like, the amount of screenplay that I haven't finished is because I can't get through act two. It is the toughest act to get through. But why is it so difficult? Well, it's because it's the actual story of the movie. So act one isn't the story. Act one is just setting up everything. Act three is just paying off everything. It's the conclusion. It's the easiest thing to write. Act two is tough because you actually have to push the character through obstacles, create conflict, set up things, that will be paid off later is difficult. It's not easy to do because our writers don't usually see act two. We usually see act one or act three, right? You know your ending, you know your character, but what does your character do throughout the movie? So why did I just tell you all this? Well, I told you all this to tell you this. It's not that difficult. It's difficult, but it can be broken down 
as we go deeper into relying on the structure of the script. So you want to rely on structure. You want to understand the structure and that will help you get through act two because if you understand the structure of the thing you can kind of tame the beast just a little bit so what's the structure of act two well i wish it was very very simple it's not it's just very simple plot point a puts us from act one act two beginning of act two and introduce your villain pretty straightforward if you've already done this in act one, go back to your villain and flush them out. Okay. Flush out your villain. Now, obviously your villain isn't your main character, but you, the audience still has to understand why the villain is doing what they're doing. You don't have to explain that in here, but you want to start setting things up. You want to explain that in act three, but start setting up your villain and their character and what they want to do at the beginning of act two. It makes everything go a lot simpler now if your story is really like mono theistic with just one main character that's fine set up your opposition so a, and a protagonist can have two types of antagonists you can have a physical antagonist which is somebody that wants to stop your main character whether it's someone who wants to kill them someone who wants to steal their girl their job someone wants something the main character has or wants to stop the main character from getting involved that's easy you got your tomb raiders your mission impossible james bond your marvel movies that's pretty simple straightforward right that's the easiest thing to do right a little difficult is the emotional antagonist which your main character can be its own antagonist they can be in their own way, all right? Let's look at, uh, he's not the main character, but look at Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent's his own antagonist in the movie. Like, yeah, there's Joker, but he's the person that has to make the choice to go bad. What chooses him to go bad? His love for Rachel. When Rachel dies, he switches, right? He's in his own way. He's pushing himself to do something. Now, there's also a third type that I forgot about, and this third type of antagonist is a societal antagonist. Let's call it societal. So it's society, right? In the movie Happening, French film that just came out, uh, who's the villain it's not the woman who gets pregnant it's not the baby right our main character Anne gets pregnant but you know abortions are illegal in 1960s france she if she has the baby she has to drop out of university and basically her life is over she's a racist child she's unwed so it'd be a whole societal issue so who's the villain well it's society okay society can take the forms of many many things it can take the forms of emotional it can take the forms of physical it can kind of be a mix of both but really it's the rules of the landscape she has to overcome. So those are your three ways that you, you can antagonize your character. Someone physical, emotionally, or societally. Once that's set up at the beginning, at the beginning of Act 2, it makes everything much easier. Because what comes next? Well, establish your B story. Establish your C story. Establish the other characters the audience is going to be attached to. So you set up your best friends. Your character's best friends in Act 1, right? Well, now let's pay them off in Act 2. So let's start diving deeper into the love interest. Start diving deeper into, let's say, your your comedic relief character. Give them a little more depth, like Jonathan and the Mummy. All right, so diving into what they want. That just gives it a little bit more space to work with in terms of page count because ultimately you don't want a script of 75 pages and if you're just following one character that's more likely what's going to happen okay and thor ragnarok uh we dive deeper into valkyrie we dive deeper into um 
Loki. The Hulk at the beginning of Act 2 turns back into Bruce Banner. Well, there's your B story. Valkyrie becomes your D story. Loki becomes your E story, right? I'm sorry. Valkyrie becomes your C story. Loki becomes your D story. And Korg is your E story. Uh, and the, the Grandmaster is your F story. And so the more characters you have, you don't have to flush flush them out. But you just want to give them a little bit of depth. It gives you a couple of pages to work with where you can take a break from your main character. Because ultimately your main character cannot arc, right? An arc is a change. You can't arc until the end of Act 2. <laughs> so you can't push them too hard in Act 2, beginning of Act 2, because you have to wait to pay that off. You want to set it up. Your time in our world has ended. As you return to reality, Remember that your world is what you believe it can be. Your imagination is as limitless as your dreams. So never stop dreaming, for a dream is where your imagination can run wild.